Hello and welcome to our Excellence in Childcare podcast. In this conversation, One Place's Lynn Wenger talks database decisions and change management with Tara Franklin. Enjoy. So welcome, Tara. I'm so excited to be spending this time with you talking about data-driven decisions through the lens of change management. And before we get into that uh, meaty topic, share with our audience how it is that you got into early education, um, what's been your journey to where you are today? Well, thank you for having me, Lynn, and I'm so excited to be here. So uh, over two decades ago, I was a young adult who wasn't really sure what industry they wanted to pursue. I actually had plans to follow in my father's footsteps and go into communication um, as he was a motivational speaker. And I planned on pursuing journalism, in fact. And like the industry saying goes for those of us that have spent substantial time in the ECE world is that you either get in and you fall madly in love with the emotional impact despite all of the chaos, or you leave on your lunch break and never look back, <laughs> never to return again. Obviously, the former is true for me. Um, I've had a very traditional advancement in the industry starting as an assistant preschool teacher and made the proverbial climb into both um, school leadership, into multi-unit leadership, and now into organizational leadership. And I've had the opportunity to work for two out of the five largest ECE providers um, in the U.S. and am so excited that I took that dive a few decades ago. Wonderful. Well, and the fact that you've come up through both the classroom into leadership, it gives you the ability to really identify with all of the constituents when you're starting to talk about change management, which before we talk about how to go about making data-driven decisions, it would be great to have a common um, definition of change management. But before you answer that, um, I'm also very aware that this is not common language in early education. So when I saw your LinkedIn post and you were talking about it, I mean, this is something that the industry as a whole um, is learning post-COVID to embrace. So let's start first with the definition of change management through the lens of early education. Yeah. And thank you for acknowledging that. And I think it's, uh, we'd be remiss to not address the elephant in the room. There are probably two words that leave a bad taste in the mouth of ECE leaders. The first is the word daycare. We like to cringe a little bit when we hear that and professionally respond with the early learning center and changes the other word. And I think that what makes educators such fantastic providers and leaders is their ability to relate and customize experiences. But Educators also thrive when they have that sense of control, which means change of any kind can cause feelings of nervousness, apprehension, and even resistance. So I'm glad that we get to align on what change management is. And I think when we hear the words change management, some people haven't heard of this terminology, or maybe they have a really narrow view of what it is. But it's much more than just a communication plan. It's really about 
considering the people and bringing them into the change and helping them actively impact the change as well. And it's also proven to help drive change efforts in terms of execution, engagement, and employee retention. And of course, there are a number of different methodologies for change management, but what they all have in common is the consideration of those impacted by the change, whether it's people, processes, technology, or some combination of the above. And it's not just about taking an initiative and executing. You can really do that with or without change management. And really in a nutshell, what it is, is taking a systematic approach to organizational change, and it allows you to plan for the process, the execution, and the sustainability of change with the lens of those impacted by the change. And we'll talk more about what that looks like in an ECE setting in a moment. Okay. And I think you've alluded to this, but it's worth acknowledging. Oftentimes when we hear change, it um, creates some fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what does this mean for how I'm currently doing things. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about that because part of what I think you bring to the table is helping people imagine what the possibilities are as opposed to what they're leaving behind. So unpack that for us. Yes, as I mentioned, I have been on both sides of the table as a field leader impacted by change. And I've been um, the recipient of the feeling of change management going really well and sometimes a lack thereof. And I think change management empowers me um, with the ability to put myself in other shoes. I care about people, their thoughts, their values, their experiences, because the early childhood industry is truly about relationships. And what stuck with me about change management is the yes and approach. You don't have mm -hmm. to be a profitable business or choose quality and experience. Change management really enables organizations to marry the data and the goals with the people component of the industry. Perfect. And when we talk about data management or data-driven decisions within change management, give us a scenario of what that looks like in reality. Oh, goodness. It really looks like the lack of change management or the lack of really being able to make data-driven decisions looks like a leader or a company um, owner getting caught in the eye of the chaos tornado. Um, without that, you're essentially kind of playing a game of whack-a-mole, right? It's challenging <laughs> to continuously drive results across each area of the business from financial management, compliance, quality assurance, and experience, right? The ECE industry is so very multifaceted, and that's one of my favorite things about this field. Um, but when you consider the internal and external regulatory factors, the business and administrative responsibilities, and wrap all of that up into um, field leaders trying to provide a service that's centered on relationship-based experiences, it's easy to see how someone could find themselves in the eye of that chaos tornado. But slowing down and centering on the data does allow you to really take back the reins and take back control of the chaos and course correct. 
The data really allows us to identify what area of the business is doing well, where we need to support, and what levers we need to pull to drive those results. Perhaps you could comment to what you see in the industry. Um, I'll compare my notes with you. What I'm finding, whether it's a single center of excellence or a multi-unit provider or a very large franchise, it's not having easy access to data. Right. Uh, what I've seen is that accessibility to um, quick and easy reporting and having the time to slow down and really review and understand what the drivers of the impact of our business are, are really big hurdles in being able to support field leaders or a single unit owner operator in being able to identify the results. I think something that comes to mind is the Pareto principle and looking at really the 20% of our tasks that are responsible for 80% of our outcomes. And I think that access to data is really what will enable school operators, field leaders, owner operators to be able to um, get over those hurdles that you mentioned and being able to identify what their needs are and how to move the throttle forward in each of the areas of the business. Excellent. And now let's talk about the people side of data, um, the human side of data. Tell us a bit more about, because we are a relationship business, tell me more about how data can be used to empower all the beneficiaries or the constituents who are involved in change. I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. Yes. So what I love most about change management is that it brings people along every step of the way. If you just want outcomes, you can absolutely drive outcomes. But again, I care about people. I care about how they think and feel and their experience. Do they feel included and empowered? And now we have the data to show that change management practices can provide long-term success with both adoption and engagement throughout. And you absolutely hit the nail on the head. One of the biggest issues many of our school leaders face is the mindset shift from being relationship focused, whether it's on their teens, students, or families, to making those data-driven decisions. Most program administrators um, and administrative teams have backgrounds in education rather than business. They chose this field because of their desire and the fulfillment and being able to make a positive impact. But if there's one thing that really sticks out, it's that they want the ability to feel like things aren't necessarily happening to them, but that they are part of a solution. And I think incorporating change management practices into this industry has the ability to do that. And what you're also alluding to is um, taking ownership. So yes. the data provides a way of taking ownership of what's happening in their world. And then the ownership also translates to responsibility. Because if I understand the data within my world, then I have the opportunity to see why it's so important and take responsibility for that piece of it. 
Um, and that's all up and down the chain of those people that are involved. So what do you see in terms of just that buy-in, for lack of a better term, um, as it relates to data? Well, I think one thing is, and you know, the, this is just as true for me, um, but no one likes, I feel like, to be told what to do, right? And educators are no exception to that. Um, there's an old adage that says, if you build it and they will come. But change management really counters that. It plays the long game. We're finding that newer leaders prioritize social impact, involvement, development, and the desire to be connected to their purpose. And again, we can get results by focusing on outcomes and execution, but at what cost? Whereas change management and getting the why and sharing the why um, and connecting that to the data really allows us to paint the picture of here's the goal and here's how we'll get there together. And I think that that's a big opportunity that we have in our industry. The getting there together piece, because you and I have both seen this done well and seen it done not so well, and the top-down approach of this is what we're doing, you're either on the bus or under the bus, that message rarely ever works, especially in this industry. But the ability to have them come alongside, take a piece of ownership because, and I'll pose this as a question, but a lot of the things I see when adopting new systems or processes or uh, methods is leadership has the vision, at the school level, the director is the one who has to execute it. And at the classroom level, it's the, the nuts and bolts and the daily um, duties and responsibilities. So how have you seen that done well of getting everybody together on the same page as it pertains to their particular role? What I've seen done well is I've seen organizations be able to look at a long-term goal and focus and build out a really intentional communication and execution plan where there are small wins yeah. every step of the way. Um, we can hear this referred to as taking a bite of the elephant one piece at a time. And I think that that is where I've really seen the biggest success is the incremental pieces and where organizations are looking at the communication and every piece of the leadership team and the support teams Um the terminology one band, one sound is coming to mind for me, right? We're all uh, sharing the same messaging and feeling really connected to our mission and our vision to drive the same results. And we really feel like we're in it together. And I think in those moments, you can really see that the culture of change is felt at every single level of the organization and everyone is unified and arms are locked metaphorically to drive those results forward. And it's in those times where we've seen the execution and the adoption um, go really smoothly and you feel the least resistance and um, for the field leaders as well. Right. And you just, I'm a visual learner. So I just had an image in my mind as you were talking, you know, how um, when you're in a city or if you're, you know, in, in a 
let's say a mall. I don't go to malls very often anymore. There aren't that many of them, but you know how you have that sign that says you are here and you can visually see where you are. And what you're describing is kind of that roadmap of but here's where we're going. And it's okay that we're right here right now. This is exactly where we would have expected you to be. We're going to celebrate those wins. So you just gave me a real visual of that roadmap of what success looks like. Um, and then how will we know it? What are you What are you doing to measure that success? So it's celebrating the win, but it's also saying using your data, like you were just saying, using your data um, to demonstrate that you're headed in the right direction. And that's very satisfying. Yeah. And I think that that's another great piece of an indicator that change management is going well is because it allows you to incorporate the thoughtful planning of each step of the process. And it enables leaders to quickly identify what's working well and where there's opportunity. And having that ability to course correct is so beneficial because it considers performance analytics. Leaders are able to respond by the use of positive force, the negative force. and cheering uh, their teams on towards the next goal and the next milestone. And that um, points back to what you said about retention, right? So the staff is feeling or the leadership, uh, the mid-level leadership is seeing uh, their role and it definitely plays toward retention. Anything else you want to say about how, how this pertains to retention? Just that it's no secret um, that our industry is struggling with employee retention. And that's where I see and um, am really passionate about change management. I think the biggest benefit is that you can implement changes to drive progress forwards across every area of the business while shown to improve overall employee experience and support your retention efforts. Excellent. I love that. So we could go layers deep in this. This is a conversation starter to get our audience familiar with data-driven decisions within um, a landscape of change, because certainly the last several years have taught us an awful lot about change. You hear this term pivoting, but it's really having that vision of where you want to be, how you're going to get there, what you're going to measure, kind of as a a summary of of this topic. And we'll go deeper into that in a future segment, perhaps on the types of data. But while we have you, we'd love your expertise and your insight on another kind of a, a general industry question. And that is, what do you think some of the big challenges are coming up for early education, let's say, over the next three to five years, kind of that 30,000 foot perspective. What are you seeing coming? I see two primary challenges that the industry is facing. And the trends that I'm seeing are tackling the underlying issue of paying childcare teachers a competitive wage in order to support retention efforts and being able to provide our students and families with the continuity of care so that we're also supporting customer retention. And I'd say that my secondary challenge is equal access to all families to a quality early learning setting. Believe it or not, going back to some of the data, 
um, recent studies are showing that there are areas all across our country, especially post-COVID, that are considered now childcare deserts. And this is happening in both cities as well as rural areas. So that is the big challenge I see us facing is being able to identify what obstacles are needed to ensure that everyone has equal access and then focusing on how can we support being an an, an industry where we're providing a service that's fully based on experience that an educator is providing, how can we focus on retaining those employees? Excellent. Yes. And I think too, um, related to that, Tara, is uh, I'm finding in certain circumstances that families want to be informed. So I'm finding some of the schools are using data to communicate to their families in ways we we haven't traditionally done, um, where we're communicating out some real statistics and families are embracing that. Do you see that as well? I absolutely see that. We are finding that in this age, our families are so busy and so stretched and that they really rely heavily on um, technological communication and that digital communication format, whether it's their child's daily report or um, sharing resources with them to help build a partnership between the school and the family. They are becoming increasingly more more reliant um, and responsive to engaging in that two-way communication via technological um, communications. And again, it could look like a newsletter. It can look like their child's daily report through the app. It can look like shooting a message back and forth about, hey, grandparents coming to pick up. But we are seeing such a substantial increase in families desiring that and schools eagerly responding to provide that for our families. Excellent. And we see it too from the the compliance and best practice side of the house that we support. It's um, become imperative for families to be able to talk about how they're keeping um, or for leadership to talk to their families about how they're keeping children safe, how the environment is clean, how they're meeting and exceeding licensing standards. And again, that's a data point where families, it gives them a sense of safety and confidence that their most precious child is in good hands. So we're, we're seeing that as well. And I love that you touched on that. And one thing I think is great to remember is that a drop off and pick up every day families are only getting such a brief snapshot of the really large, vast majority of their child's day. They're only getting that experience for a fraction of the time. So being able to share the data with the families lets them know everything that our teams and our educators are doing behind the scenes um, to provide the best experience possible to their child. Absolutely. It's that just that sense of um, safety and, you know, they're in good hands. <laughs> Definitely. So, all right. Well, as we come up on the um, top of the half hour, we're going to shift gears just ever so slightly and would like for you to share either a personal motto or a quote or something that you live by that would help us get to know you a little bit better and what's important to you. Oh, well, we're talking about change. So I'd be remiss to not touch on that. 
there is a quote by Lisa Nichols. Um, she has so much wonderful work, and I implore anyone that's listening to dive into um, some of her talks. And she says that in order to embrace change, you have to be willing to compromise your convenience, that your convenience and your conviction can't live at the same address. And that one hit like a ton of bricks the first time I heard it. And I absolutely love it because it really exemplifies that you have to lean a bit into the discomfort. You can't romanticize the past or um, stay stagnant. You have to be willing to raise the bar and to lean into the unknown and um, in order to really embrace that innovation, you have to be willing to say, I'll go first. Oh, I love that. Um, again, I'm a visual learner, but I'm picturing, you know, if we have our hand tight holding on to something, you can't possibly receive if your hand is holding tight. So that that really speaks great analogy. To, yeah, yes. that speaks to me about, you know, letting go so that you can grow and um, and be the better person in the next stage, whatever that happens to look like during this change journey. Well, Tara, again, thank you for coming on and sharing your insights. We appreciate it. And I know I've got several writer downs that um, that I'll be taking back into my workplace. So we appreciate you and your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Lynn. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for tuning in to One Place's Excellence in Childcare podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart by searching for One Place Childcare in the podcast sections. You can also find our episodes at oneplacechildcare.com. If you have any questions, feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you.